welcome to the Just Three Things podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Hall, speech therapist and founder of Speech Therapy with Charlotte. This podcast is for parents who are waiting for speech therapy for their child. I am on a mission to help parents use this time productively and guide them on a journey where they transform from feeling worried, frustrated and overwhelmed to feeling supported, positive and empowered. Whether you're waiting for your first appointment or a follow-up one, this podcast is for you. In each episode, I'll take a question from a parent or carer and guide them on next steps, giving just three things to focus on next to help reduce that overwhelm. While my podcast focuses on helping children who are aged under seven, you might find some of the information useful for older children too. Now, let's get started. general advice given in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for additional professional advice given as part of individualized and tailored speech and language therapy care. Some names in this podcast have been changed at my listeners request to respect their family's privacy. Welcome to episode eight of the Just Three Things podcast. Hope you're all doing really, really well. I have a bit of a different question for this week. It is from Laura and she got in touch. She has a child who's three, but he's going to um, start school in September. So he must be almost four. And she said that she wants some ideas about how to support him to make friends. Uh, She's noticed that he is okay when he's interacting with adults, but he doesn't really seem to have established many peer relationships. And she wanted to know where to get started. So just as a disclaimer I've said this before but I think this is really important to repeat over and over again that um Laura if your child already has a speech therapist if any of your children already have a speech therapist then of course go to them and see if they can provide more specifically um specific advice tailored to your child because they might have some really good ideas kind of where to go with this these are general pointers nothing i'm going to say is going to be detrimental but if you want something that's more specific to your child and you already have a professional working with you then chat to them even chatting to your child's uh, childcare setting nursery school can be really helpful but i've got some ideas just to kind of get you thinking the other thing that I would say is with everything that I'm about to recommend just be really realistic for what you think the next step might be for your child so even developmentally lots of children around this age are still engaging what we'd call kind of like parallel play so they might be confident and comfortable playing alongside their peers but they're not necessarily playing with each other yet so we're I'm just giving you some ideas of like how you can maybe give some support to get started um and the other thing that i wanted to just address before we really get into kind of what my three things are is just why i'm talking about this as a a speech therapist if you're new to the podcast you might think this is an unusual thing for me to be commenting on but just to address that i would recommend going back to the first episode number one about the communication pyramid if you're feeling unsure it goes through um why speech and language development is important and that includes the impact having a speech and language difference might have on your ability to form relationships with others and particularly if your child has any differences in terms of social interaction 
then they might need specific extra support with this. And the whole point of this podcast is to give you guys ideas of things that you can be doing at home. And when we're trying to kind of see what things your child needs support with, it's not because we think there's anything wrong or unusual about them. We're just trying, I'm just trying to help you identify the areas in which they might need or benefit from some extra help. So that's why we're talking about friendships. I'm going to crack on now with my three things. So the first thing that I would recommend, and it might sound obvious, but I think I heard it said to me in the last year by someone, and it was a bit of a light bulb moment. Of course, this is a really important thing, but sometimes I think it's often overlooked. So number one, I would suggest if you want your child to try and establish a good quality friendship, try and find another child who has similar interests to them. And obviously when they're really young, they're interested in all sorts of things. And sometimes their interests shift very quickly from one thing to another. But if you have a child who is really interested in dinosaurs and you can find another child that shares that passion for dinosaurs, then they're gonna have some common ground. And that can be a really useful thing. If you've got a child who's a transport lover and you can find another child that's a transport lover, there's a chance that they're going to get on because they've got similar shared interests. Just the same for us as adults. You know, we tend to spark and have more chemistry with other people when they are interested in talking about things that we want to talk about. So we need to try and find some kids if we can who have a similar interest. So that could be a case of asking your child's teacher or someone at their preschool if they've noticed that there's any children who have similar interests. It might be that you're on a WhatsApp group that you could send a message being like, any fellow transport lovers out there and see if anyone replies. I think particularly for this um, family, the child is starting school and sometimes school will put you in contact with the other people who are going to be in the class. So it might be a nice opportunity over the summer to reach out and say, hi, my child X really likes this. Does anybody else really like that? And see if you can pick out the people with similar interests. If they don't go to a setting yet, if you're at a play group with them, perhaps you can be like watching out to see which kids are naturally gravitating towards similar activities to your child. So that's number one. Try and find someone who seems to have similar interests to your child. Number two, I would really recommend trying to have play date <laughs> because play dates when you're there as well. That's the other thing I would say to start off with this age group. Um, Play dates can be quite a nice way just to sort of introduce a child to another person. And with you there means that they're safe. You're not necessarily demanding or expecting too much of them, but it's just an opportunity for them to maybe get to know this person a little bit better within the, the constraints of having you there to support them as well. And when you're thinking about play dates, there's a couple of things that I'd really urge you to consider when you're organizing them. The first thing is the venue of the play date and this there's not a right answer to this it just you know something to think about and reflect on what might work best for your child so some children love having people in their own space and some children don't want to have other children in their space playing with their toys and equally some children love going to other people's homes and exploring new things and other children don't for some children, actually picking a venue that might be a bit more neutral territory might be quite nice. So either like a soft play or a playground or again, just thinking about what works for your child, a place that your child actually likes to go to and, and might be open to somebody else meeting you there. 
So number one, we've got try and find a child with similar interests. And number two, try and organize a play date with you there, but really carefully consider the venue and the timing. Um, another thing about timing, sorry, I had didn't talk about the timing yet. The the thing with timing is that I would try and pick a time that you know your child's going to be quite regulated and ready for learning. So for lots of kids, they're, they're quite at their optimum in the morning. That might be a really good time to do it. Maybe avoiding times when they might be tired, either towards a nap time or towards the end of the day. Um, and also avoiding times when they might be hungry as well, because I find that that has an impact on um, how sociable they are often as well so trying to pick the right venue and the right time and then the third thing to consider because sometimes we have play dates and both kids are there but they're just kind of never in the same space at the same time so something else to consider that might be helpful for some children is to see if you can have an activity or something up your sleeve that's something slightly more structured so it may be that you're going to take along a pot of bubbles so that you can have a little bubbles activity there or a book so you can have a story together or it could be something a bit more structured or sort of a bit more complicated like a cooking or crafts activity if you think that your child and the other child might enjoy those things so something that's maybe got a bit of an adult led feel to it so that you can just try and get the two children to come together for a part of the play day even if it's very brief because if you've got a child who's really not kind of interested or showing interest in other children at the moment you might need a kind of common more structured activity with you present to bring both kids together so it might be worth just having a think about something that you can do to bring the kids together that you think is something that your child might like so the things that i mentioned there were things like bubbles stories singing cooking craft activities anything like that that you think that you could maybe all do together and those sorts of activities are also particularly good because often um, you can do a bit of waiting, practice waiting for and taking turns. And that is a really important skill to learn, both in terms of like how to interact and have a two way conversation with another child, but also is a really important kind of foundational skill for learning how to share with other kids as well. So the fact that if you get a turn with something, then the other child gets a turn that can really help develop that skill of kind of sharing toys with them as well. So yeah, some things to think about there. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. And of course, if you have other ideas, I, I just try and stick to three in these podcasts, but it's always useful to hear what other people think. So um, maybe you can get in touch and I'll share some other ideas that you guys have of things. That, if you've tried anything that would has particularly helped with your child, I think that would be really good to include as well. So my three things in how to support your child to kind of make friends or start to develop peer relationships on top of taking advice from people that know your child and being realistic with your expectations for your child would be one try to find another child who has similar interests two try and organize a play date and consider the venue and the timing of your play date and three maybe have something up your sleeve so you can do something slightly structured together during the play date i hope that's really helpful laura let me know let me know if it helps try it for a bit and let me know what the progress is. I would love to hear back from you again. And um, if you've got another question, of course, you can get in touch again to ask me. Hope you all have a great day. Thank you for listening. Bye. If you found this episode helpful, 
just share it with somebody else who might benefit. Head over to my website, speechtherapywithcharlotte.com, to subscribe to my mailing list so that you are kept up to date with everything I have to offer. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.